Hello and welcome to The Beaten Track. I'm Joe Bullock and as always I'm joined by Lou Baker. Hello Joe, how are you? Very good, thank you Lou. Very good and excited to be talking a topic and an album this week. So, Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a bumper one today. It's going to quite, might be quite a long one for the... Uh, uh yeah the the epic listen mm, yeah two two quizzes potentially lined up mm. um, but i mean i feel like the first thing to get to is you know a long awaited return to talking about a, a topic i thought yeah i'd um choose this one we're doing lost albums yeah it's a bit of an interesting one um, yeah, I suppose you haven't talked about a topic in a while, have we? So yeah, um, yeah, there's a couple of different things going on with yeah. I, I was lost albums can mean a couple of things. Like I was saying to you the other day, it could sort of mean, you know, the great prolific bands and and whatnot who've all got sorts of albums that maybe were never released or that were ne- never came to air. There's there's also bands that maybe um, were underappreciated in their time, perhaps as well. Might have some lost albums. There's the albums that have yet to be found that are still out there somewhere mm-hmm. to be discovered. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a couple of different things. It's going to be an interesting one to to see what you've sort of um, picked to talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was quite. It was difficult to find actually ones that. So what I was really looking for, which I couldn't really find very well, were ones that had been lost and found, you know, the Mm. ones that were lost, you know, say like the 60s or 70s and then released later on. It was quite hard to search for that. Most of the the lost ones were simply ones that hadn't come out, which is a lot of, yeah, but which is a lot of what I've got. I tried to aim to go more for ones where some of the material actually was recorded or exists in some sense, rather than ones that were just like planned to write an album or something. Yeah. Really yeah. For them. There was a few of those that came up, I guess. Because we've also got going to be talking about an album, which is very much along the lines of um, one that really was lost. And then, and then I guess isn't really a lost album because it's a very much a found album. It's a, uh, an album that was discovered many years later. Um, so that's more along those sort of lines. Um so yeah, it's, there's there's a few different things uh, I want to mention, but I'll let you sort of take it away since it's your topic to uh, to choose. Right. Um, I had lots of classics down here, lots of everyone's favourite um, artists, the big names. I had Jimi Hendrix with um, Black Gold, which was an autobiographical yeah. song cycle, which exists apparently. Um the, the drama of the Jimi Hendrix experience got given them to come up with ribbon parts and he sort of forgot that he had them until someone asked him, but <laughs> they haven't been released and some of the songs are still um, sort of unique to those tapes. So that's interesting. That's a bit of a sort of gem in the, the catalogue that everyone's sort of waiting for, I suppose. Um, do, do you want... Should we alternate between them? Do you want to... Yeah, well, I mean, I was going to just mention um one that now has been sort of released which was the um the the dylan and cash sessions Mm. um which was um i think the session that produced um girl from the north country the the, their version of it anyway um which is fantastic um with, with the two of them um 
and I think it was eventually released, wasn't it, in a, in a sort of Dylan, you know, well, it's a similar to a lot of these artists, particularly the prolific ones. A lot of stuff is sort of repackaged or released in sort of like archive things. I'm sure I'll talk about Neil Young in a bit and his many, um, his prolific losing of albums. Um, but yeah, this one was eventually released, although I never um, got around to listening to the rest of it, which I felt, feel like I should, I just haven't. And, and now I've realised that it is out there to listen to. I, I, I will get to listen to it. Yeah, Dylan's got the um, the bootleg series or whatever, which isn't really, mm. they're not really bootlegs, they're official releases, but there's sort of dozens of them now, including like some of his most famous concerts and stuff and things like and yeah like those sessions and yeah folk artists there's a lot i mean a lot of woody Guthrie stuff released after he died but it well it comes down to a bit whether they actually wanted these things to be albums necessarily but yeah a lot of folk artists um as we get into this week i guess and one i had was prince who has apparently like had tons of unreleased uh stuff one of them was Camille, which was the sort of album that he did in a sort of more androgynous or a more female voice, like using sort of pitch shifting. And that was sort of scrapped. And then he had an album called Dream Factory with his band. And a lot of this material sort of showed up on Sign of the Times eventually. But apparently, this is from Wikipedia, Louis. Apparently he has multiple unreleased albums. And over, this sounds like a lie, over 50 fully produced music videos. That just doesn't seem like that would be a thing. I felt like people wouldn't do music videos for him at that point. But um, no, no idea. No. <laughs> yeah, but apparently he's got lots of stuff. Or he's, well, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I was going to mention there, perhaps the king of the uh, the lost album, which is Neil Young. Um, it's kind of silly, really, because. I feel like he, he must just sort of, he must be the kind of guy who sort of leaves albums in like his coat pocket and years later sort mm. of remembers he put it in there or down the back of the city or something and he pulls one out. Um, he seems to have, yeah, there's like 15 albums. There's, there, there was, there was oh, yeah, I was sort of looking at these lists of these great lost albums and there was one that just contained maybe sort of 20 Neil Young albums and there was like part twos to part ones that never even happened and, and stuff like that. And you, the thing is with this, because he's such a prolific artist, you get these songs that appear elsewhere. Um, but I think probably the most famous one was Homegrown, which was eventually released last year, which was part of the sort of that 70s set of albums, which were particularly, um, you know, um, particularly great at the time. And people sort of were very excited about that. And that was an interesting one because it contained a few songs that had appeared elsewhere some classics that hadn't had never been here heard before but actually in reality i didn't think it was as i think it was really good but i didn't think it was as great as maybe some of the other ones as like tonight's the night which i think replaced it um which was interesting but yeah i mean there's just there's also human highway which was crosby stills nash and young there was like chrome dreams they he released hitchhiker years later i know i'm just talking like it's like nonsense to you this mate but um yeah it's uh there's just hundreds, and there's also about ten live albums that also apparently are great that have just never, never made it. But now he's got the Neil Young archives, I guess, and they're all sort of slowly um, being leaked, I guess, to us all. Mm. There was also like a Buffalo Springfield one that, that, that mm. 
I mean, it Another wasn't one. Yeah, I didn't think it was really they were planning the second album necessarily. Um, it was kind of like they were writing and doing some songs, but then then never really showed up, and they, it wasn't necessarily like a a planned and dropped second album or anything. Um, one of the most famous ones, Louis, is the Beach Boys uh, follow up to Pet Sounds. Um, yeah smile which is probably the the most famous unreleased album ever probably and um mm. it's sort of been released in compromised forms over the years it came out as smiley smile which was sort of more poorly received than pet sounds and a, a more stripped back experience than what smile was envisioned as which was a very sample heavy sort of sort of mix of loads of different genres from like jazz to classical to sort of doo-wop and everything it was sort of following um, the single good vibrations which is on the album which is kind of such a sort of you know a kind of kaleidoscopic track and really the future of pop or you know it was that competition between the beatles and the beach boys but obviously uh brian wilson's personal sort of troubles and the various sort of disputes between the band and the label and stuff kind of got in the way, but it was released in a kind of reconstruction album just a few years ago. Um, alongside Brian Wilson did his own version of it in, in the early 2000s, I think. So yeah. And there's several other beach boys projects, one called adult child, which is basically a Brian solo project. And then his 1991 album, sweet insanity, which was uh, stolen, I think, and is available via bootleg, I believe. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's an absolute classic one, and I sort of remember it being um, released as almost like it was like the the almost like the smile sessions. I think that was released. Um, mm. Yeah, and that that sort of happening, but it's not one that I've 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 visited or ever seen. But because it does feel as though you'll never get quite what it was supposed to be uh, in in a way. Um, yeah, I did. The other way I was thinking of it, it was a couple, you know, I know we talked before about um, very early on, uh, we talked about Black Monk Time by the Monks, which is sort of a lost album of sorts. Um, hmm. One of those where, one of those where it's kind of an album that maybe had a bit of a cult thing maybe at the time, but then sort of 20 years later gained a cult following through another sort of means. And uh, um, so I was trying to think of the, along those lines and there was one that I thought of, which was, um, uh, for the whole of the world to see by death who were uh, a sort of Detroit proto-punk band. Um, and this was an album that was like a collection of their singles that was released in 2009. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. It's like a mix of funk and, and hard rock kind of. It's very sort of early Sabbath, MC5, Stooges kind of stuff. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And, and one that was sort of completely lost to... Um, to everyone for a long time and they've gained a sort of appreciation and, and have, have sort of made a, a like a comeback since 2009 um in, in a similar way to the the monks actually did it in the end as well um but yeah that's a great one that that's definitely worth a listen if uh, uh if if you haven't done because it's uh yeah the fact that they didn't sort of make it big and and well, there were so many sort of punk bands around at that time that maybe did and and this album is blows that out of the water oh well i've never listened so i'm yeah that's mm. exciting but yeah, i didn't really have any of that kind of ilk i guess um i have yeah i've got quite a few so i'll run through some i guess the beatles I sort of get back is kind of a lost album in that 
Let mm. It Be sort of became such a different thing with all the kind of orchestral sort of Phil Spector um, traits. But Get Back was designed to be this sort of rock and roll um, throwback, I guess. And also McCartney has Cold Cuts, which was set to be released alongside the sort of Wings compilation, which is just uh, Paul solo tracks that haven't been released. I think it's sort of John Lennon died and it, it wasn't really the, the best time for a, a Paul mm. solo, but, but that, that's somewhere. I don't know if it's very good or not. Um, yeah, I mean, I had David Bowie's toy as well, which was... Yeah, that's I did have that one noted down, actually, yeah. Slated for release in 2001 and it just didn't really come out and it was uh about three new songs i think and and then re-recordings of, of some 60s songs or re basically new versions of those and um apparently it leaked onto the internet in 2011 but it's still not officially released yeah he's another artist who has um some sort of like archive and you know especially sort of posthumous sort of archive stuff released as well and there's there's all there's another sort of 70s album isn't there that's kind of a bit lost as well. It was like in between like Diamond Dogs, I think, as that sort of time. There was another recording that never quite made out. Um but yeah, that's that's one I have kind of trudged through a little bit and, and seen some of that stuff. Um but not not toy in particular. So maybe I'll have to dig that one up through uh whatever shady means are, mm. are needed. I had Green Day, Cigarettes and Valentines, which apparently Oh yeah, I did see this one. I didn't I didn't didn't really take any notice of it what, what is uh just got what's, stolen what's I happened think. with this one um yeah it just oh, got no. stolen well i think they recovered it and used some of the b-sides some of the songs from it as b-sides for the american idiot singles and obviously american mm. idiots a very popular album we, we we're not green day people i don't think we don't no no not, yeah. not particularly no i'm sure that that is a sought after one it did come up quite mm. a lot um there's an electric version of Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, apparently it's not very good though. That's that's why it's kind of never. Is it? Did it actually ever get released? That one? Um, I don't think so. But I feel like a lot of his other sort of archives coming out. Yeah, I, a lot of these are just like yeah, they abandoned it and then made something better. It's like they made the other version of Nebraska. That's kind of mm. like <laughs> there's a reason. Yeah, man. like he didn't like throw out the good version and just like. <laughs> Um, yeah, there was Lifehouse by The Who, which was set to be another sort of rock opera. But I don't know if that anything got recorded from that, but then they did Who's Next, which is much more sort of traditional um, or more conventional, at least, instead. Um, by all accounts, quite a good decision, really, because that's quite a popular album as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually had a new one, which was Charlie XCX's XCX World, um, which never sort of came to be because of it's another one where it got leaked and enough of the songs had sort of been around especially in the sort of internet age it's kind of easy for everything to get leaked and then there's kind of not as much of a point in putting things out i mean there's been whole albums that have been abandoned because of leaks like in the 90s and stuff so you imagine now how much stuff gets mm. around and how much it sort of ruins the kind of the hype and the sort of commercial angle of it but yeah, so that was just a band, but a lot of the songs are available or whatever. Yeah, I've not got I've not got many more really. Um yeah, there's there's plenty there out there and, and sure 
surely there's plenty lost still to be discovered, as I said before. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows what treasure is waiting? A bit like the album that we've got, uh, we've got picked this week. Louis, can I not list three more albums first? Or? Oh my god! And you got another three? Actually, I got four Jeez. more. Sorry. Oh, fuck. Okay, right, so go on then. Quickly, got, go on. Okay, longing. Go on. Lo- <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh, longing by Dusty Springfield. Apparently, it's quite good, but it's not out. Um, Black Bastards by KMD, which is a very iconic um, alternative hip hop album, which has been released now in two thousand and one, but it was slated for release in 93 but it had very sort of used the kind of iconography of like uh blackface and kind of minstrelsy so it kind of didn't get released by Electra, but then um sort of came out in 2001 to more acclaim and it's got mf doom is is in kmd so that's why it's a more famous album now and dr dre's detox is another sort of hip-hop it's like the equivalent i guess of some of these rock albums that are really sought after and kind of legendary. It's just never, I don't think it's ever coming out. It's just everyone always talks about it, but I don't think it's actually, and everyone says like, it's one of those ones where it's got a kind of mythology around it where some people say it's almost done. And some people say it's like, you know, there's nothing there and things like that. And then uh, Zach De La Rocca from Rage Against the Machine, his solo album has been rumored for ages. And it's another one that's reported to be in quite late stages, but he's not, he sometimes I feel a bit sort of deferring it or he doesn't, he doesn't, that's just not the route he wants to go down. So, but that there's definitely material for that out there, but yeah, I'm done. Sorry. I ruined that's your segue. Fine. Don't worry. I ruined no, your segue it's, completely. It's one of my better segues actually as well. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. Should we just get into the album then? Let's do it. Yeah. Today we're talking about Sybil Byers, uh, color green. Tonight, when I came home from work, heard Tonight, when I came home from work, there he, unforeseen, sat in my kitchen, buttering himself for bread and the cat was on his knee. Yeah, not one that I was uh, familiar with. Uh, a lost album from the nineteen, the early nineteen seventies, uh, recorded by Sybil Bayer, who was a sort of a German folk singer, also actress, painter, seamstress, you name it. Um, but never ended up pursuing the career that perhaps um, you might expect of someone who recorded um, work this good, um, and also had some quite cool famous friends as well and and was and but yeah instead um i think raised a family in 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 america um but yeah this is one that was discovered by her son many years later and given to jay mascus from uh, dinosaur jr who ended up uh, releasing it and yeah as i say wasn't one i was familiar with um but yeah it's it's absolutely fantastic yeah i mean it's in a way it's kind of it's not necessarily the typical or a story, you know, that we sort you do you get with some artists where it's um, a female folk singer who hasn't been sort of acclaimed in that era or hasn't been discovered. I think there's a sense that Sybil Bide never really wanted that kind of career. And um, mm. it seems from sort of browsing her website and stuff and her son's comments that she's sort of almost um, 
kind of flummoxed by the reaction to her songs and the, the kind of popularity now after the, the release. She was kind of unknown to me until I sort of, I think she was just in like my Discover Weekly or something, but she's one of these um, sort of folk artists you've never heard of who have a surprisingly large sort of following. You look at the sort of Spotify numbers and stuff and there's definitely a lot of people somewhere listening to the music. So, and it's fantastic. Um, I felt like, yeah, she really could have, um, I mean, based on just this alone, she could have easily had like the career that sort of a lot of her contemporaries did, I think, if she pursued that. I mean, there's, they're just such fantastic songs. And, and this mm. album's such a kind of um, a snippet, really. It's a kind of 30-minute um, just collection of short tracks and very sparsely um done with just nylon guitar basically until until the last track and yeah just fantastic songs yeah it's um yeah just recorded on home reel-to-reel um tape recording um it's quite a solemn thing in that in that sense just her alone um with the acoustic guitar and wonderfully sort of simple melodies and 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 sort of simple guitar arrangements as well and but it's it's kind of stripped down in that sense um and maybe a little bit sort of and that, that's what kind of makes it so it's kind of earnest and 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 stunning and um yeah the the recording style adds a real kind of warmth um i think to the feel of it because there's kind of a spaciousness i think like you mentioned um and even though at times the vocals are a little bit but fuzzy or and the guitar is a, as well that kind of it's just part of that sort of almost like homemade feel to it um yeah it's really um she really sh- sort of shines on it because it essentially it is just her yeah and i think also with the recording equipment stuff it's like it sounds a lot better than like lo-fi albums i've heard from like the 2000s and stuff i think just mm-hmm. the the quality of the equipment sort of degraded slightly over time or like there have been attempts to kind of shortcut it with like digital stuff but like yeah it's got this very sort of intimate and very sparse tone but it sounds kind of great it does lead to these kind of different kind of atmosphere in terms of the songs like um when she's sort of plucking the e string on this song you get this really sort of bassy kind of reverberation of the note which kind of oh sorry on the first song i think i skipped to that basically we haven't started talking about the tracks but um yeah it gives it this kind of haunting quality really and this kind of just the sparseness of her voice and the the guitar and yeah she's got uh kind of ethereal quality with her vocals as well which kind of lend to that kind of slightly somber slightly mournful tone um but it's also a lot of the songs are quite hopeful it's just i think it it's yeah, it's one of those albums that definitely has a certain texture to it and a certain feel that's quite unique to it. So uh, even if the the lyrics of the songs are kind of optimistic, or it's, they've all got this kind of certain quality about them. Yeah, her voice is kind of lower in in register. Got sort of Nico vibes uh, to an extent, and and certainly. Also, vibes of like uh, Leonard, Leonard Cohen. There. There's a conversational element to some of the delivery, um, as well as a, quite a start beauty to a lot of it as well. Um, you know, really reminded of people like um, 
I mentioned Nico Lenico, and also maybe Nick Drake or um, Joni Mitchell as well. Elliot Smith kind of feel to the 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 delivery at times, um, and it's very introspective feel to the album. And she deals a lot with sort of like domesticity, family. There's lots of talk about sort of memory and and, and forgetfulness and and also traveling and stuff. It's it's quite a, a breadth of things going on there, but it's it's all done in a very, as you said, it's it's got a very similar sort of um, consistent style there. Um, and yeah, it's also one of those albums that I I, re- I read someone had called it um, the perfect music for looking out of a window, um, and I think that's hard to disagree with because mm. yeah, it, it very much is. Yeah, um, I don't know what to say to that, but yes. Um... Do you want to get into the track, Leslie? Yeah, let's do it. So the album starts with Tonight, which is, a, it has that conversation of Tony you were talking about and also has the the very sort of Cohen-esque uh, feel of, of this kind of circling back to the central lyric. And it's a very, in a way, it's a song about mundanity and about kind of, simple sort of household objects and just um, sort of being with a loved one and kind of, it's about her, him, her husband or her boyfriend or whatever, buttering bread and, and there's a cat on his knee and stuff. It's very sort of simple. And it's sort of a song about reconciliation and, and comfort basically. Um, but it's, yeah, it's sorry. very Cohen-esque. Yeah, like like you said. Yeah, there's that real, in similar way to Cohen, wonderful portrait of 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 the of the sort of the love um, between the two, and also maybe a little bit of the tension there as well. Um, uh, it's really kind of intriguing the 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 way that you've got this very gently plucked guitar and quite slightly melancholy vocal. Um, so there is, yeah, there's 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 more than just a sort of simplistic element to it. And yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic opener and it's got this lyric about, we had a change of the moon, which I thought was really interesting. And I didn't quite get my head around what that was, but it's, um, there's plenty of lyrics on this thing that are extremely intriguing and, and very literate and um, just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it has that undercurrent of sort of, um, darkness like i said with the kind of the bassier notes and the kind of e string you kind of have unlike a lot of the songs which are kind of very similar sort of strumming and sort of fretting patterns this one it does have that kind of interruption in each bar and um also yeah that lyric about we had change of the moon it kind of links to the next song on the album and it's got this kind of this romanticism about it the kind of the thing in, in in German romanticism uh, specifically, which I might be sort of projecting on, onto Sybil Bayer because she's German, but the idea of the nature being this kind of sublime object and the kind of the kind of horror and the beauty of nature and the kind of you call sort of can't the indescribable nature of it and and how that sort of interacts with human experience and human mood. So I think yeah, we had change of the moon. That lyric could uh, sort of signal. So kind of darkness beyond it, a kind of something that's disrupting the relationship or or as you get with the next song, this kind of melancholy. 
that's caused by the environment somehow it's kind of painted onto the environment in a way that she can't quite understand or comprehend mm. yeah the, the, that i lost something in the hills has that slightly more somber um lumbering feel and yeah definitely I, you know in that song in the next song she talks about those, those strong and strange moods that come on um and there's that great line of i grew up in declivities others grow up in cities which um you know for someone who i assume um english was a second language is is unbelievable that, that to come up with a line um yeah like that and yeah you, you you kind of the song kind of meanders a little bit more like the sort of hillside if you like and like and like the sort of scenery and yeah it's a really it's another really fantastic track and she doesn't tell us exactly what she lost in the hills i assume it was the the album <laughs> yes um yeah something um yeah i love the song it's one of the ones that where the lyrics really stand out as kind of yeah it's the a very introspective time, but a lot of it feels kind of effortless. All, all the the singing feels kind of effortless, but very strong and very sort of emotionally resonant. And the lyrics are kind of, yeah, they link with that kind of, that very literate sort of sensibility and the kind of, you know, as a lot of folk singers, I think around that time would have been sort of influenced by. And um, yeah, later in the track, you get a song about Elliot basically. And there's definitely that sort of, really strong sort of lyrical sense um yeah i love the sort of lines about yearning for the roots of the woods and stuff and yeah it's 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 a very complex kind of images i guess because it's about yearning to return to somewhere but it's also a place where she's sort of lost something yeah it's kind of that's signal well obviously she's just trying to find it but it could be also it's kind of quite dark and and there's something about the environment that's quite dangerous. Um, yeah, I love the songs a lot. I mean, these two songs really, at the start, are kind of stand out to me, I think. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know how, because there are a lot of songs on here and, and pretty much everyone is 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 pretty good. Um, I really like Softly. I know I'm skipping a track there, but there's a slightly brighter mood to to that track that focuses a little bit more on, on motherhood. Um, with this wonderful melodic refrain of my daughter, my son, um, real lullaby type feel to, um, to it as, as she sort of repeats that. And, and she, she sounds so mature for someone. I think when the recording, this is somewhere between sort of 16 and 19 and the way she sounds is, especially because it's been discovered when she's a lot older, it sounds as though it's, it's extremely mature and stuff. And it's, it's fantastic. And apparently she appears in, um, uh, Vin Vendor's film singing this song, uh, Alice in the Cities, um, which I didn't I didn't realise until earlier on. When, yeah, when and I there's a song about about Vin Vendor's on the album as well, which is there is indeed. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, it's a, it's an unexpected connection, really. Yeah, um, I haven't seen the film, but yeah, Softly's great. It's got the, definitely this sort of sweeter, very sort of catchy melody, especially when she, yeah. When she's saying about her daughter and her son, the kind of one by one, it's almost like a nursery rhyme quality, uh, sort of linking to that theme of family. And um, yeah, it's very sweet and kind of really sort of uses her vocal capabilities in a kind of opposite way, 
where it becomes kind of about innocence and and yeah it's kind of a lovely song um yeah i don't know where i'd go from there either they're kind of they're all very short and a lot of the like we've said a lot of the strumming patterns and stuff are quite similar but they're all it's kind of the density of the lyric, lyrics and stuff that makes it kind of very mm. compelling i i really like remember the day which is the following track did you ever drive in a monster constitution and find to reach a seaport and done is a solution you should if you could there slowly slowly i no longer thought of what is good or what is not there simply was the water smell and remoteness i only stood and watched that old a real standout for me because there's um i think it was written um after a road trip across the alps that she had and it's a real there's a there's a traveling element to a couple of the songs and this idea of a, a journey so from really in this one it's kind of got a little bit of a vulnerable quality and she's like remembering the day where she left home to buy some food and then she ends up on this road to genoa and yeah there's the this kind of shift in the song as well in the middle part and there's there's almost like a shift in the guitar pattern as well towards a more almost like eastern european folk style um to the guitar part there i thought it was a really really good track even though it was only sort of a minute and 40 seconds long it's um it's a real journey of a track and it was a standout yeah, despite being like one of the shortest tracks, it is one of the only ones where it has a an actual like proper variation in the guitar part. I guess mm. like it's got this very this isolated part in the middle of the song. And I wrote some of the lyrics for this one down because I thought they were very striking in a similar way to the the ones you were talking about in I Lost Something in the Hills. They've they've got these like the she's got very unique uses of quite long kind of words, and they mm. they're really kind of catchy and and fun like she says did you ever drive in a moonstruck constitution and finally reach a seaport and down there's a solution and yeah this song also had that kind of dark underbelly to it and and obviously again a typical image of of the sublime and of nature the standing by the ocean uh, full of unspeakable emotion you know um as you do and yeah it's a great lyric yeah yeah it's a very sort of Keats type image, you know, that the, and those famous paintings of people like standing on hills and stuff is the kind of awe of it. And um, I like it when applied to this kind of more, um, I guess, sort of homesprung and um, yeah, more sort of interior and and sometimes quite um, domestic kind of theme. It's kind of very mm. interesting. I think there's a lot of you get a lot of sense of her character and the way that although she hasn't pursued this kind of musical life and she's pursued a more sort of life of family and things like that, there's kind of, yeah, these, these are locations of like memory and, and the kind of alternate kind of lives like uh, color green when it has these sort of narratives about seeing people in New York and the kind of the colors of people's sweaters and, yeah, it says, like, I've been a girl in one dream. And, yeah, it's very sort of interesting explorations of, like, memory and stuff, I guess. Yeah, you get that on. There's a, a, a couple of tracks. There's Forget About 
earlier on, but also at the very end, I think before the final track, forget where forget is sort of personified as as, as like a, a friend or a, or a lover or something that forget came into my house yesterday. Um, really interesting way of yeah. There's a real focus on time and memory and and a slightly fleeting feeling. Um, but yeah, it's like sort of forget came into my house and greeted. She sort of greeted him as a as a friend, if you like, and 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 maybe the the wish to maybe forget something um, was was quite strong in there. That was a really rubbish um, explanation at the end there. But yeah, uh, it was a, a, a fair few tracks with that similar theme. Yeah, and forget is um, similar to the way that nature and and her persona and track that's kind of about the house that's decaying and you know mm. that if you're in that kind of setting then that that's where the sort of melancholy or the shift in mood would be sort of represented it's kind of about all the different domestic appliances sort of breaking down and fireplace not working and stuff and yeah that that personification of like forget is very sort of interesting um my my favourite melody on the whole thing is from Says Elliot. Um, I love the melody in, in, in that track where it's, um, I grow old, I shall wear the bottom of my trousers rolled, says Elliot, which is, it's absolutely fantastic. And from many, many very simple and, and repeated melodies in, 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 the thing, in the album, that was the one that has caught my attention the most and I thought was uh, was fantastic. Yeah, from from the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock, which I had to read at uni. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so and a poem about growing old and time passing, I guess. And um, But it's, yeah, filtered through her. It's the, the says Elliot. It's like... Um, yeah, that is a kind of lovely song as well and very sort of simple, sort of repeated lyrics. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of variation in the kind of um, themes and I, th- I think the ones that are kind of referential and a bit more, there's a certain fun to them and a certain kind of glee, especially in like uh, Wim or Vim, I guess it's pronounced, yeah. Um, just that that self-referential quality and the kind of knowledge of of them vendors that's it's a fun mm. little kind of extra to the album considering considering it's kind of a lost um it's a bit like um it's it's almost like the attraction to um ingrid bergman the song um that uh, billy bragg recorded for mm. uh, um and the woody guthrie track um it's very similar sort of feel of you it's kind of nice to uh, have someone write a song about someone perhaps you don't expect them to have some sort of admiration for, or in this case, a relationship with. Um, and I really like that line, he likes cities and I like him, which is, which is great. Do yeah. you know him? He likes cities and I like him. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I mean, other than that, I guess the, the final track is a really um, sort of important one because it's the, the only other song with... The only song with other instruments brought in has got a string section, mm. which very much contrasts the kind of dexterous and kind of more subtle kind of guitar playing. It's this kind of overtone of, of sweeping strings, and it's a very good song as well. Yeah, it's really good. It's it, it's 
it's kind of an interesting ending. It's slightly oblique, I think, in its messaging. Um, I'm intrigued by the nature of the of the song. Actually, this kind of the final lyrics of "Beyond Words We Rest," uh, so leave the best unsaid, is very kind of an open ending, if you like. But yeah, it's the only track that breaks from the um, the mold, which is which is interesting. I don't know how it was the sort of composition of the thing and whether it was already there was already a sort of album composed in this way and it was just released or whether her son sort of put these songs together from slightly more sparse things i'm not sure but um yeah it, that's the only track that sort of breaks from it and the guitar is much clearer as well um and yeah and it is it's another great track it's kind of almost a glimpse also where where she could have gone i guess in the and that's, I think that's another thing that makes the album kind of this very somber kind of experience, the kind of lonely looking out of a window vibe. It's just the kind of the brevity of it and the kind of different things that about it that are kind of so brief and you you can't kind of capture them. And this is, you know, you know, what if she became a kind of Emily Harris or one of those figures or a Joni Mitchell or the kind of just how the backing backings would sound and stuff and um that's just where this album exists. I guess it's on the kind of um, flip side and the kind of just this line between the kind of the mainstream and the obscure. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's great and very, very memorable as a kind of document, more so than like other folk albums because I think of this, this isolated sense and the kind of how well mm. all the different tonal and thematic elements kind of fit together. Yeah, it's fantastic. From the very first listen, I was um, engrossed in the the vocal delivery and the um, and the, yeah, the the feet, the whole the feel of the whole thing. And yeah, it's fantastic and a great lost but now found album. Yeah, we found it. Um... <laughs> I've got a quiz. You've got a quiz. Yeah. Who goes first? No, flip a coin. I don't mind. You, you can go first if you like. Okay. My quiz is all about things that are lost or lost things or things to do with lost. All right? Okay. <laughs> three questions, just three uh, general questions. Uh, let's see how many you get. So number one, the frontman of which band provided four original tracks for the soundtrack of Lost in Translation? The lead singer of which band did you say? Yes, yeah, the oh, front band slash lead uh, singer. Was it? Well, you name the band. You don't need to name yeah, the singer necessarily. Um, what's the band called? The the Jesus and Mary Chain. No, it was the other one. It was My Bloody Valentine. Uh, it was going to be one of the two, but that's something Shields. One. Kevin Shields. Yeah. It is Kevin Shields. Yeah, very well done. Mm. Yeah, but you got the first one wrong, so <laughs> it's just essentially pointless. Yeah, um, okay, number two. John Milton wrote a very long poem called yeah. Paradise Lost. That's true. But what illness was crippling him at the time of writing? Um, tuberculosis. No. Well, unless he had that one as well, which would have been really, <laughs> which would have been really tough. Nasty. But it was gout, which is everyone's oh, favourite nasty classic. illness. Yeah. yeah. It's a classic oldie worldie poem writer illness. Mm. And number three. Ipswich lost to Manchester United in a record defeat in really? March 1995. But what was the score? 
A record defeat? Do you mean the score was a record? Like no one had. It was a record. No one had ever been beaten by that much, this much in the Premier League, and only one team have matched it. No one's ever beaten it. Or was it worsened it? Um, seven nil. Nine nil. Oh, that is good. That's your well, beloved. Prop, props to them. Nine nil. Yeah, Man U. Yeah. They deserve that one. <laughs> uh, so there you go. You got um, none out of three. That's good. But we had lot. We had lots of fun in the process. They were quite tricky as well. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were. Yeah, should have been searching up Milton's Wikipedia page. <laughs> okay, mine. I'm hoping. I think. Yeah, I think because of the amount of description I've given, they'll be all right. Some of them. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. One's about musician cameos. Okay. Yeah. In in reference to Sybil Byer, of course. Um, number one. Mm-hmm. And this one I feel like I've given away because of the I'm listing the band, which no doubt singer appears in Martin Scorsese's The Aviator, portraying Gene Harlow. Oh. No idea. You don't know the singer of No Doubt? No. Oh, Louis. <laughs> That's it. I thought you were just going, I've given this away, but no. I thought I had. Unless... unless um, no, uh, there is no idea. Sorry, mate. Go on. That's Gwen me. Stefani. Oh, for God's sake. See, I, a lot of people do know that, you know. Some yeah, I should know, know that. that. I should know that, really, to be honest with you. Okay. That's, my, uh, that's my no doubt. Well, there's no doubt about my, about my no doubt. Mm. Oh, well, that's, that's not a problem. Um, ah, number well. two. Go on, next one. Which iconic drummer played the devil in Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny? Oh, this is also another thing that I've never seen. You've never seen Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny? No, no, and I'm not sure anyone glad. has. No. That's not very good. Um, is it... Uh, um, uh, also, Jack- I've got a clue. Go on. Also Go plays on. in the, the music video to Tribute. Right, okay. Is it... Uh, I'm just going to guess a draw. Dave Grohl. Yes. It is. Woo! Nice. Okay. This one might Old be more tricky. Some. Go on. Um, number three. Which mm. girl the girl group appear in the 2003 film Charlie's Angels Full Throttle quote, as themselves dancing to a vamped up Pink Panther theme? Oh, okay. It's from um, Wikipedia, that quote. Not, not one. Not one that I've seen. It's um, a 2003 which... girl group. 2003 girl group. I think, hmm, and Charlie and dance into the Pink Panther tune. Mm. I'm going to go with, oh, I don't know, actually. I think it might be a bit late for them, but they've got to be the go-to group of, of who you would get. So I'm going to go with the pop group, yeah. That's what you're, yeah, that's what you're sort of suggesting. Yeah, they're yeah. a pop group. Spice Spice Girls. No. Ah, oh. it's the Pussycat Dolls. Ah, oh, I was well. I would have if I'd gone anywhere else. Would have gone Sugar Babes. Unfortunately, mm, so. yeah. I think I would have yeah. gone Sugar Babes as a guest. Mm-hmm. Ah, well. Well, it's a bit late one. really for the for the spicy ones. Yeah, yeah. You, I got one. You got none. It's a let's call the whole thing mm. off. It's because I went tuberculosis over gout as my old time illness. My Gwen Stefani, no doubt, knowledge has really let me down. 
Yeah, so I, I did expect you to know that, but that's not. Yeah. Ah well. No biggie. You move on. Yeah. Next week, who knows what it's going to be? Well, you you well I probably, probably know do. better than anyone else. Future me knows. Yeah. Um, yeah, It'd be an exciting one. Maybe just a nice little quick one, just sort of a maybe just one song. An album we don't <laughs> like. Oh, it could be a bad album. Bad albums. That could be a that could be a topic. A long theme, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd just be you naming, listing bad albums. That I'd like to hear that actually. Yeah. All right. All right. That's all from us. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.